This podcast is sponsored by Happy Warrior Kava. Be a happy warrior. Drink, relax, and enjoy the strong and smooth taste of the best-selling kava in the islands. Happy Warrior Kava. H&N Overtime, the Hawaii News Now Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Chenin, joined by my partner in crime, Davis Pittner. We're back. We're back. Episode two. Episode two. We made it another week. They let us back on the set. I'm surprised. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you again for joining us. We have a very special episode with a very special guest. Isn't that right, Davis? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just, just this past weekend, we had the Cole Brennan ceremony. Uh, Cole Brennan, of course, most of you guys already know, probably one of the most legendary players here in Hawaii for UH football. Right. Just kind of in general. He, you he was, hear of Colt Brennan, you think of Hawaii. You know, he's considered in the sports world as a GOAT or the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He And he did. You know, he broke records. He shattered them, really, um, at the quarterback position for the University of Hawaii. And unfortunately, he passed away um, nearly a year ago. Um, and this past weekend, the uh, Brendan Ohana and then just his friends and family and hundreds of people were over at Waikiki Beach to um, um, spread his ashes into the ocean, do a little paddle out. It was it was a really fun, really yeah. Great it definitely. It, I was briefly, you know, kind of watching it, and yeah. it just looked like a special moment. All the interviews that you guys were able to get that we got out there, and uh, you know, everyone just kind of, you know, just talking about how remarkable how remarkable of a person he was right you know it it was just all love you know um one of colt's um favorite artists was bob marley and you know the the sentiment um this whole time has been one love you know that bob marley bob marley song excuse me and yeah that's what it was it was all just unifying and just all showing all love for colt and the brendan ohana and it was beautiful it was a great day out on the beach beautiful morning too yeah, and you, you hosted it along with Ian Shuring. Right, yeah. Uh, me and Ian were uh, in here uh, Sunday morning. We did a live stream event, um, kind of just, you know, just me and him doing doing our thing, and it was super fun. Um, we both wish we were out there on the sand, um, but just to be a part of it in some capacity was super special for us. Yeah, you know, it, it seemed like a really special day, and we have our very first guest today to talk about it. That's right. We have our very own Ian Shearing. Me and him obviously hosted that live stream on Sunday, so just to get him in here um, and give his perspective, some of his fun stories, because, you know, he actually played against Colts, so we'll hear a little bit about that. I'm it's excited crazy. to hear about that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm surprised they let us, you know, cram three people into this sp- into the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really exciting. I'm happy that we got him. Uh, let's head to the interview. everyone we are back talking about colt brennan and the recent ceremony that we just had here with us is special guest mr ian shuring Uh, you're pretty special sharing in the house let's go Uh, so you two recently hosted the live stream for the colt brennan ceremony on sunday tell me about it you know what was it like yeah you know me and me and ian are in here uh early sunday morning for colt brennan's celebration of life um just kind of steering the ship kind of going through the program of who is set to speak and 
and then you know um, filling in that little gap because you know it took them about 20 minutes for uh, the family and and friends and all to get onto the canoes and the catamarans to get out to um, into the ocean to spread his ashes so we we're just kind of filling in those spots sharing some memories sharing some thoughts and it was just all around a good good time, fun um, fun ceremony, and just a special ceremony for sure. I mean, look, it's been almost a year since Colt died. Uh, there were some opportunities for people to uh, pay their respects to him last year. Of course, they retired his jersey in that first game where fans could be back. They wore the number 15 on their helmets. There have been tributes to him, but this was our first opportunity that wasn't at halftime of a University of Hawaii football game for the people who loved him, the people who looked up to him, the people who... Uh, you know, became enamored with University of Hawaii football to honor him uh, in the way that, you know, we honor so many of our friends and family that pass away. Uh, it really was an emotional ceremony. We saw his sister Chanel cry as she talked about, you know, how she has to explain to her three-year-old child that Uncle Colty isn't with us anymore. Um, you know, the, the things that Coach Jones and and Timmy Chang and, and his dad, Terry, had to say were all very, very moving things that I think a lot of us uh, in our own ways felt, right? This, this love for a guy who was an adopted son of Hawaii, who moved here uh, to play football, but, you know, found more than that. So it was really a, a touching morning, a, a touching, you know, couple of tributes to, to Colt, and, you know, we miss him. You know, one of the words that, you know, looking, hearing all the interviews and everything, the, the main word I kept hearing over and over again is legacy. You know, Colt Brennan's legacy. Kind of talk about that. You know, what, what does that mean to Hawaii here? Well, I think Colt's legacy is that he is the best, not just quarterback to ever play for the University of Hawaii, but is the best football player to ever put on a University of Hawaii jersey. Uh, he certainly, you know, if he doesn't have every uh, record in the book, claims most of them. You know, the best season in the program's history happens with Colt playing quarterback. The closest a University of Hawaii football player has ever come to being named the best college football player in the country was Colt Brennan. Um, but, and Kyle and I talked about this on yeah. Sunday, his legacy is someone who came to Hawaii to play football, but who developed a love for this place and its people that was so deep um, mm -hmm. and so remarkable that I think that is the thing that uh, really defines Colt more than anything was his love for this place and for its people and what Hawaii meant to him and, and what he meant to Hawaii. You know, and, and uh, speaking of legacy, like you were saying, uh, current head coach um, of the University of Hawaii, Timmy Chang, who was the quarterback, you know, before him. Um, and, you know, we all kind of thought, well, he's, you know, he's the best to ever do it um, in the green and black. But then here comes Cole Brennan. And, you know, during the uh, ceremony, Timmy said, you know, once once he saw, um, you know, he with the blonde hair, islands on the side of his head, he knew like he he knew that he had ingrained himself in the culture. And and um, one of Timmy's teammates who became Colt's really close friend, um, Gerald Welsh, you know, adopted him, basically took him to the North Shore, took him to um, that side took him to Kuku and and just kind of you know got him engulfed into the culture and that's that's really what I I took away from it is that he like like you said became an island boy. When you think about that day where Colt comes back uh, after that season in in 2006 that ended uh, 
with UH beating Arizona State in the Hawaii Bowl. <laughs> he announces he's going to come back and he's going to play his senior season. And, uh, you know, to this day, there are plenty of different accounts about what might have been with Colt's career if he had left or, you know, whether or not some of the ills that befell him later in his career would have happened if he had just left for the NFL at that point. And I don't want any of this to sound like revisionist history, but when you think about a guy who had been through a couple of uh, turbulent stops along his way to Hawaii, you know, with what happened to him at the University of Colorado, he had to make that stop at Saddleback. For him to have had to look into the eyes of the people who accepted him, right, and adopted him as one of their own and say that he was leaving, uh, I think was a, th a thing that was going to have been very hard for Colt. You know, it was going to be a difficult thing for him to have to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I never spoke with him about that. I'll never know his, you know, whether or not that truly played a part. Um, but I, I have no choice but to believe that his love for this place was a factor in that selfless decision to come back and, and represent UH for another season. Ended up being the best season they ever had. But to come back and represent UH um, rather than put himself above others and, and enter the NFL draft. You know, I'm coming at this, you know, a California guy over here. I, I never grew up with Colt Brennan. So when I came here, you know, a lot of it was just hearing stories about him. You know, on yeah. Saturday, I talked to mm -hmm. Marcus Mariota and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I love Colt, you know, growing up as a kid. He was an inspiration to me. Uh, you know, let's kind of talk about his playing style. What was it about Colt during his time at UH that made him special? Well, you know, it, it it was it was a combination of his playing style and then just the offense that they ran, you know, that run and shoot, you know, high scoring, just all around energy, you know, in that offense. And and, you know, me as a kid, I was like nine or 10 years old during that time of of that of that 07, 06 uh, um, era, you know, being at Aloha Stadium as a kid, watching just a high scoring offense like anytime you that UH had the ball, you knew it was, they were going to score. Just just the way the game was going, the way the way they operated, and you knew that place was just going to be shaking. You know, um, Aloha Stadium, for what it is, it was already getting old when it was built, right? <laughs> so, sure. yeah. so once you felt the crowd stomping their feet and you just kind of felt the entire stadium just start to, to move, that's when you knew it was special. And then that was just the best part as a kid for me, you know, when, you, when you're 9 or 10 years old, you don't think about the X's and O's. You don't think about, you know, where the running back is aligned or what protection they're running. You're just seeing scores, touchdown, people celebrating, you know, big plays, big moments. And, you know, that's really what inspired, I think, an entire generation, mine included, of football players here in the state. I was a little older watching Colt, um, and so I can probably speak to it with a little more uh, – coach speak right with regard to x's and o's i've never seen uh you know with my own two eyes someone who is more accurate than colt was there's this weird revisionist history thing that we do like with michael jordan right you talk to people mm -hmm. about yeah, michael yeah. jordan now and it's like michael jordan never missed a shot in his entire nba career yeah. right um it feels to me like I never saw Colt Brennan like yeah. overthrow someone or like throw a pass into yeah, the dirt yeah. when he's trying to hit a, like a 15-yard out route. So the accuracy is the thing in my mind that will always stick out along with that sidearm mm -hmm. release that 
he had that NFL scouts hate, right? Because you're not coming over the top. You're going to get yeah, more passes yeah. batted down. But when you listen to June Jones talk about Colt's mastery of his system, about the run and shoot, when you hear June Jones talk about, you know, consider all of the great quarterbacks that he's had a chance to, to coach in his career, going back to, you know, his time as an offensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons before he came to Hawaii, right? Yeah. And at, at UH, he coached. Timmy Chang and Nick Rolovich. Uh, he would go on to, to SMU. He spent time in Canada. You know, he's, June has coached at almost every level uh, of, of football, high school included, here at Kapolei. And uh, he speaks and says that he's never seen a quarterback play like Colt Brennan did, have a command of that offense like Colt Brennan did. Called him the best quarterback he's ever, he's ever coached. It's crazy. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you combine that with uh, the relationship and the familiarity uh, that he had with Devon Bess and Ryan Grice Mullen and, and Jason Rivers. Um, you know, those it takes guys in the NFL years to develop that sort of chemistry with their receivers. Yep. And it felt like those guys always knew, you know, so much of the run and shoot is predicated on routes changing not at the line of scrimmage but depending on coverages and colt and and those three guys in particular i know he threw to plenty of other players but it just always seemed like those guys knew exactly where the route was going to break where the ball needed to be delivered and uh, you know we may never see an offense like that again Mm -hmm. um the offense that we saw you know colt and and those guys run for those three years, we may never see an offense move like that again. Kyle and I talked yeah. one last point about yeah. the numbers and the stats and things like that. The number of fourth quarters that Colt didn't play, the number of uh, third quarters, and you know when you go Second into the half, half, when you yeah. go into the when you go into the locker room at halftime and you're up forty-seven to three, yeah. If you like, just apply some sort of algorithm, right? His like average yards per half and add that to um the stats that he has now add another year or two say he played four or five full seasons with june jones at hawaii instead of just the three that he did we're talking about you know what easily could have been Mm -hmm. the all-time leader in every statistical category that exists in college football it was that well-refined of a machine, and he was that good of a quarterback. So looking back at Colt's career, we hear about his impact in Hawaii on and off the field. Kind of talk about, you know, some of the things that he did off the field for the community. Yeah, so, you know, he loved, you know, working with the youth, working with kids. He'd have, you know, go out of his way to, you know, sign autographs and take pictures. You know, looking back and, you know, talking to some current University of Hawaii players, even Marcus Mariota, you know, he has a picture with Colt as a little kid. Yeah. Everybody seems to have a picture with Colt Brennan when they were a kid playing Pop Warner, things like that. Because, you know, like uh, he never refused a picture. He never refused an autograph. He would go out of his way, you know, for the kids, for them. And then, you know, taking his time during like the off season, like during his off times to do youth camps. Um, he's, al- he's always been a partner of uh, Barefoot League, you know, um, going back to his days at UH and then moving forward into even now, you know, just doing camps, 
working with kids. He worked, uh, he coached at uh, Kuku High School for a bit. Um, so yeah, he's just he's just always just been one of those guys that would put others first, and you know just wants to give back to uh, again the community that um, accepted him and embraced him. There are plenty of stories about Colt going to McDonald's for dinner at eight o'clock at night, and all of a sudden there's forty people, you know, standing in line to take a picture with Colt Brennan. Um, yeah. Stephen Sai, the the beat reporter for the the Star Advertiser, and I have talked about this a, a little bit. The comparisons, even for with Marcus Mariota, his absolute peak, winning the Heisman Trophy, the 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 most rudimentary way we can compare the impact that those guys had is like if you took two thousand and seven Colt Brennan and Heisman Trophy winning Marcus Mariota, and somehow in a time machine got them both at the same time and said, okay, you can only get one autograph, line up. Colt's line would be longer. I, I mean, and I mean that is no slight to Marcus, who um, you know, has done plenty of the same things that we give Colt Brennan so much credit for uh, during his, his time. But the level to which Colt was revered by football fans here because he played for this team, right? Because he played in this state for the University of Hawaii um, exceeds, in my opinion, anything we've seen from Marcus or from Tua or from McKenzie, uh, other remarkable quarterbacks of their own. But the love for Colt and the admiration for Colt reached a level which I had never seen before. And with all those guys I just mentioned, I, I haven't seen since. You know, we, in the game, we talk about QB1 as the leader of the team. It's really seemed like hearing all these stories that Colt was not only the leader of the team, he was a leader here in Hawaii. You know, just listening to your guys' stories and, you know, the the impact that he had on individuals. It really does seem like, you know, he was a leader to everyone here. Yeah, and, you know, um, yeah, um, his father touched on it too. Like, you know, Colt, he made mistakes and, you know, we're all human. But I think what his dad wants everyone to kind of take out of it is, you know, um, reach out, ask for help if you need it. And that's just adding on to a legacy that, you know, uh, Everyone can, you know, latch themselves to a legacy to, you know, of redemption and of leadership. Kyle, to, to go along with that, and, and again, I mean this from a place only of love, right, and respect for Colt, but with the pressure, right, that we've sort of been talking about with the admiration and when you elevate someone in the manner that Colt was elevated by the right. people here, there is an element of pressure, right? There is an element of you know, I need to live up to the expectations mm -hmm. that people are, are putting on me. I need yeah. to get to a place where, you know, either I deserve this adoration or I repay it in kind somehow by virtue of success on the football field or, uh, you know, some other way. And, you know, I think if, if Colt were here, he would tell you that those pressures added up. Mm -hmm. Um and that they affected his life in a way that maybe wasn't ideal, right. um, that maybe played 
into uh, some of the the complicated, uh, you know, pieces of his life that that came came later. Um, in some ways, you know, I I don't know that those expectations were realistic. That you know we mm-hmm. put on him um, because of how much we loved him as a person and, a, and as a football player. Right. The world is riddled with people who had success young, right? You think about all the child actors yeah. who, um, you know, find success early and then struggle to deal with the pressures of fame and the pressures of expectation and the, you know, pressures of doing that next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think Colt suffered a little as a result of that. Um, which is sad in some ways, right? Yeah. But no. I don't think those complications later will ever really significantly change the love that that we all had for him. One thing that I thought was interesting, because I went to one of the youth camps uh, just recently, right before the ceremony, uh, I was talking to some of the coaches and um, some other family members. What was interesting is that at that youth camp, we, there were a lot of kids that you know weren't weren't even born when Colt Brennan was around. And I said, you know, what what are you guys teaching these kids? And you know, they're they're like, you know, we're just teaching them all the values that Colt had, and you know, the importance of remembering him. And you know, they're going to keep in, trying to do this camp from now on, and hopefully, you know, just keep this legacy of Colt Brennan for generations to come. Right, and um, that that goes along with the uh, Colt Brennan Legacy Fund, which is um, organized and kind of was started by the Brennan Ohana. So um, just to carry on that, like you said, those values that Colt believed in and and also uh, raising funds for, you know, mental health um, advocacy and, and things like that. So I think, I think yeah, the, uh, his legacy is in very good hands right now. First of all, thank you again for coming in and talking story with us. Um, there's one last thing that me and Davis have been dying to ask you. Um, that Hawaii Bowl against ASU, uh, if you guys don't know, our friend Mr. Shearing is a f- alumni of the University of Arizona State University, excuse me, proud Sun Devil, uh, offensive tackle for the Sun Devils. And If you can't tell by his height. Yeah, yeah. you can't tell. Oh, the, clearly yeah, he played football. Um, between Get to the two it, of Kyle. Us. Get to it. Tell me about that game when you get to come home and play at Aloha Stadium um, in college, but unfortunately you have to face a team um, that included the likes of Colt Brennan, mm-hmm. Devon Bess, um, coached by June Jones. Just it was playing. Jason Rivers who did most of the damage. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> but, yes, that, that horrible. Here's what I'll say about this. Spin zone. Spin zone. Right. Okay? Yep. So we finished that season, I think, six and five. Mm-hmm. Winning record, above 500, qualify for a bowl game, obviously. But it might have even been seven and five. Mm-hmm. Not good enough for our athletic director at the time, Lisa Love, to retain our head coach, Dirk Cutter, mm-hmm. who went on to be the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons and then the head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was my head coach that first year at Arizona State. He gets fired after our last regular season game. Ooh. 
rough. But is allowed to then coach mm-hmm. in the bowl game right. before he moves on and does something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our whole staff knows they're out of jobs as well. Right. We all go to Hawaii anyway. <laughs> Kyle, if I fired you here today yeah, and then said three weeks from now, there's a podcast that I want you to do with me. It's about string theory. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you're already fired, right? how much prep work would you do for that podcast? You know, probably not too much. Probably yeah, not, not too much. much. Right, yeah. right. We got stories of Arizona State football players who shall remain nameless renting mopeds to drive around what? Hawaii that week. <laughs> mopeds? Getting into crashes on those mopeds and suffering injuries that at minimum hindered their... Uh, availability for right, the Hawaii Bowl. Right. <laughs> what happened this <laughs> This is crazy. <laughs> it, when you don't have a coaching you know, the coaching staff is going on vacation. Right. They're not, yep. They don't care if they win the bowl game or not. Their legacy is done. They've yeah. been fired already. <laughs> I'd like to point out that we were winning at halftime of that football game. Yep, I remember. <laughs> and I still, some people may disagree with me, believe that if we had a coaching staff that was fully invested in winning the Hawaii Bowl for the sake of their extended careers at mm-hmm. Arizona State and not a coaching staff that had one foot out the door and a team full of players that knew that the coaching staff had one foot out the door, that the ending of that game might have played out a little bit different. That's all I'll say about that. Can, right. Wait, hold on, hold on. Can you remind us the end of the the end of that game. Yeah, take us back. Take us back to the the, the ending of that Hawaii Bowl. It, uh, there was just a lot of Colt Brennan and Jason Rivers. Hey, you know you've been in that stadium. Can you can you kind of take us back to what that you know obviously unfortunately on the receiving end of mm, that. Yeah. But just to be in that environment, um, in a hometown stadium that you know, you know you went to Radford, so it's mm-hmm. literally right across the street. The street. Yeah. So. Just being in that type of environment for that type of game. It was really fun. Uh, you know, we, at the time, every player on the team got four tickets mm-hmm. to, you know, four free tickets to the Hawaii Bowl. I remember uh, having to, like, bribe. <laughs> so I think there were seven of us from Hawaii on that team. Yeah. Um, my good friend, the late Brandon Rod, went to IAEA. Sean Lalvao, who... Um, went on to have a career in the NFL with, with the Washington Commanders, Commanders. as they're known now. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a defensive back named Chris Price who, who played with us. Um, we, the, the seven or eight of us, were like having to bribe guys for their four tickets because, yeah. you know, I had 50 people who wanted tickets yeah. to the game, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I remember that. Um, I want to make no, like, I spent a lot of time on the sideline of that game. So I had lots of time to take pictures with my, <laughs> with my friends and my family in the, you know, in the stands. Um, it was a lot of fun. And rather on, you know, on Christmas Eve, rather right. than having to leave the stadium and drive to the airport and get on a mm-hmm. plane, uh, I went home and I slept in my own bed that night, which Ooh. pretty nice. Wow. That's <laughs> nice. Pretty good. That's a good way to end off a season, I think. Just yeah. get to go home to your own bed. That I still the, can't get over the moped thing. That was the <laughs> last time I saw Dirk Cutter. 
was <laughs> on the sideline of that game. And I think by the time I got back, we had hired uh, Dennis Erickson to be the next football coach. So, yeah. That was, that's like, I mean, early 2000s. That's before the age of, like, cell phones and things or, like, Zoom calls. So you can't – Dirk couldn't, whoa, like – Whoa, 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 whoa. Zoom whoa. calls? Whoa, okay, okay. But, like, you got to – I had an iPhone in I know, 2007. but, like, one was FaceTime. Hearing you say that, Kyle, was just making me laugh. Before the time of cell phones. <laughs> I didn't say cell phones. Yes, you did. Play the tape you back. Did okay, say, you did. did I say cell phones? My bad. I guess I am – I'm just saying. Don't age me like that. Yeah, he's he's kind of aging you, Ian. Guys, I'm not. <laughs> all right. That was my bad. But, like, you know what I'm saying? The cell phones at the time weren't at the capabilities that they are right, right. now. We did not FaceTime. We couldn't FaceTime. That's correct. Or, like, do Zoom calls, conferences to that's, where that's you, could, correct. you could, like, you have a proper. You know what I did, though? I took an empty soup can and I mm -hmm. put a string right, to another right. empty soup can and then we talked. And listen to it just like that. Perfect. That's that's hey. That's still very that's reliable. It's more reliable than my phone sometimes if I don't have service. So, I'll take that any day. I, I did that too. I mean, I'm not that young, guys. I'm not. You are kind of young. Guys, you guys are making me sound like I just graduated high school. We should move on. guys i think that's going to wrap up this episode of overtime special thank you to mr shuring while he's you know while he's still here you know he's, he's, know, he's going to be leaving while i'm still here yeah while you're still here if you guys didn't know mr shuring is going to be leaving us but don't worry ian we are going to be calling and texting you non-stop for you your special sports advice special and knowledge consultant yeah you're going to be a consultant for yeah. us next time make sure you guys text me for uh some advice when you fill out your uh women's Okay. Uh, NCAA okay. All right. Yeah, okay. You know what? I should add that you know yep, yep. the views of our last episode in our March Madness bracket does not reflect the views and opinions of Hawaii News Now and the employees. Those are our own thoughts and our own uh, opinions. Obviously, our bracket was destroyed. Hey, yeah, oh, yeah, hold on. Destroyed. No, literally, I think I got some. Early. I think some of them were right. You some had of one. Them uh, you had Belmont taking the I upset. Had, I had Belmont taking the upset. So. That's Look, a win in my book. The season that Laura Beeman and the Rainbow Wahine had was terrific. Phenomenal. It was great. Amy Atwell yeah. is incredible. It was a great season for them. Even, I don't want to say that. You guys picking them to make the Final Four, there's a bit of homerism there that I, I think we got to move on from that. Right, right. Let's give, let's give people, true. you know, let's – We'll, we'll 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 be better the next time. Be better next time. Next yeah. March. Be better next time. I'm gonna make a couple extra brackets. Right, right. Just in case. Just in case. Just but in case. Thank you again for coming. For I appreciate us. you guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always good to you know talk a little bit about guys you love. And Colt was one of those people for me. Um, I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss you guys. I'll miss you too, man. I'm gonna miss you. Love you, Colt. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of H&N Overtime. To listen to our podcast, you can head to hawaiinewsnow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And to watch, you can head over to our YouTube channel. Thanks again. Aloha.